0: All right, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter number 16, and we're going to look at a few verses tonight that are probably familiar to us, Acts 16, and we'll begin reading in verse number 25. <clears throat> As we're turning there, um, I'll remind you once again of our uh, upcoming Sundays and then uh, looking forward to the month of April uh, in the campaign, Because He Lives, I'm just looking forward to... A lot of the Sundays there, but also some of the series I'm going to begin. Uh, In Sunday school, uh, there's a series that I've entitled uh, The Triumph of Christ, and we're going to focus, starting on Easter Sunday, on the resurrection, and uh, then in the ascension, Uh, but we're going to deal with many, many weeks. It'll go beyond the seven weeks campaign, I'm certain, and deal with all that took place uh, during the resurrection, uh, and uh, so much happened during that time. Uh, it's not just he was crucified and then the next story is uh, he rose again, but we're going to look at that, and then I'm going to begin a series on the uh, trial of Christ, and much like I did uh, on the the, stand, the series Standing Near the Cross, we took the characters uh, near Calvary at Christ's crucifixion. Uh, we're going to go back a little bit and look at all the characters in the trial of Christ, and uh, it'll give us, I'm sure, a deeper uh, understanding and appreciation of what Christ did for us. And so uh, with those two series, I've yet to uh, <clears throat> um, uh, get peace on what they teach on Wednesday night, a series I want to start a series on Wednesday night, and I'm leaning towards a series on the church. So far, I've got uh, 16 studies on the church, and so uh, I may start that at that same time, and, uh, and but we'll see. And uh, no matter what we do, is it from the Bible? It's going to be good, I'm sure. Uh, Acts chapter number sixteen. And a few weeks ago uh, was a Praising Heart Sunday. A couple weeks ago, and so I had several messages that I was praying about preaching on that day. And uh, one that I did not preach that day, I made it more of a practical Bible study. And uh, and I'm going to go ahead and give it tonight. Even though we've moved on from praising heart Sunday, we shouldn't move on from having a praising heart. And uh, so uh, when we get over these things, like Sunday's clean heart, uh, we shouldn't have a clean heart on Sunday. It's like, well, that Sunday's over, back to Monday. Uh, And so hopefully we are being reminded uh, that we, having a diligent heart, keep our heart with all diligence. And so I want to look at Acts 16, a familiar (coughs) story tonight, beginning with verse 25, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and every one's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here." Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his, straightway. And when he had brought, brought them into his house... He set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. I want to use this passage of scripture to, uh, in this fascinating story, this amazing story, uh, in the ministry of Paul and Silas, and certainly uh, focusing on the power of the Lord, of course. But I want to—I've given it this title: "Prison Should Not Prevent Praise." Prison should not prevent praise. Father, help us tonight. As we take a practical look at your word, and Father, I, I am just continually amazed at the pattern and examples and simplicity that you have preserved for us, given us an example, direction to follow so that we might stay faithful and so that we might please you. And Father, may we take this story tonight and may we see the pattern that's been established for us. May we see the truths that are found in this story. May we apply them to our lives. May we see the importance of what we look at this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Obviously, Paul and Silas had been arrested, beaten, put into prison. This was not a one-time occurrence for the Apostle Paul. This was a continual occurrence for the Apostle Paul. He, uh, this was the only solution uh, that these uh, governments and men in power had was to, to get them off the street, uh, put them in prison, and uh, we find them in this situation. And the scripture, of course, tells us what takes place while they are in there. Uh, they begin to moan and groan and complain about how God could forsake them when all they wanted to do was just serve God with their life. No, that's, that's what so many of us do today, not what Paul and Silas did. But the thought I want to give us tonight is prison should not prevent praise. Now, I don't know what's going to take place in this world, and, and I try not to go from one extreme to the other, but certainly uh, we should be thankful for the freedom that we have uh, in the United States of America. All over this world today, there are Christians who are imprisoned for simply being Christians, um, it has happened in the United States of America. Study American history; it's—I would dare say—it's probably even happening in the United States of America today, and in the future, it is going to happen. But I'm not. But if we find ourselves there, may we have the grace that Paul and Silas had. But I want to use it in a very practical manner this this evening. You and I may not find ourselves in a literal prison cell, but I'd like to liken. The prison that should not prevent our praise is our circumstances. Paul and Silas were bound by their circumstances. They didn't want to be there. Uh, they, that was not part of their plan. But along the way in the will of God, they found themselves in a prison, which was preventing them from doing the will of God in their life, preventing them from doing the work of God. They were behind a literal the literal they're in a literal jail little prison and they were in the, the stocks they were in the innermost part of the they, they didn't want them to, these were some dangerous men these preachers and so they found themselves in, in in prison by circumstances now very practical when you and I find ourselves imprisoned by circumstances I submit to you tonight that prison or our circumstances should not be prevent praise there's too much circumstantial christianity today if my circumstances make it convenient for me then therefore i'll be a christian i'll live like a christian well pastor i I would i would i would i would do more for but it's just not convenient for me well I, i don't think this was convenient our life isn't always convenient and certainly there are seasons and times that we can do more, perhaps less. That ties in what I'm talking about this evening. Our circumstances sometimes limit us. Maybe health becomes a prison, if you will. Maybe employment becomes a prison. I know that all the employees of Maine Baptist Church would say so, but you know, maybe, maybe employment becomes a prison. I want to do more. It's it's a a bad job situation. It's limiting me from certain things, and, and it's hindering me. Now, really, all these things I mentioned, in reality, we are not behind bars tonight. We are not having governments trying to stop us in this regard from preaching the gospel. And so, but that does not mean that life does not bring us circumstances which limits What we want to do for God. And so with that in mind, let me remind you just of a couple of things about praise by way of introduction. I remind you a statement that I made back on this Sunday in our Sunday school lesson on Praising Heart uh, Sunday in, in the message, praise is an action. Praise is an action. It is something that you must do well, I don't feel like praising. Well, there's a lot of things we have to do we don't always feel like doing. But praise is an action. Uh, Praise should not be conditional. God grants us unconditional love. Aren't you thankful for that? Unconditional love. Therefore, God deserves unconditional praise. Well, my circumstances and I and I prayed and, and that you know just as I said on Sunday, you can have a broken heart and one prayer is not going to fix that. Same is true with our circumstances. Well, I prayed for God to change my circumstances. Well, He might not do it on that one prayer, or He might see fit to say, "Well, you're going to have to sit there for a little while because you need to sit there a little while, or you're going to have an opportunity to." to give honor and glory to me. But praise should not be conditional. There are too many Christians that they don't say this with their words, but they say it with their life and their actions. I don't feel like being saved today. I don't feel like having the joy of the Lord today. You you know, that's not an optional thing. They're commandments. Rejoice in the Lord if you're in a good mood rejoice in the Lord. And we put all these things in there. Praise, I remind us, I remind us, we all need this reminder, everybody. Praise should not be conditional because God's love is not conditional. Now, I hope, I hope we're seeing a pattern in some of these Sundays and praise certainly ties into this. I didn't say we, should, we always feel like praising. But we should praise anyway. I didn't say it was always fun. You and I, we, 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 when God answers a prayer, when you've been seeking, seeking His face, and God answers a prayer and provides, well, it it's easy to praise the Lord, isn't it? We, sh- we should be quick to praise the Lord. But We should be praising the Lord no matter what takes place. Now, I want us to notice a very simple outline from this thought that prisoners should not prevent praise from our text this evening. Number one, praise is complete contentment with serving God. Let me say that again. Praise is complete contentment with serving God. This right here really sums up why a lot of Christians do not praise God as they should or at all. Because they are not content with just serving God. Let me tell you, when I when I when I study the life of these men in scripture like the Apostle Paul in this story, do you know why they were in jail? You know why they were they were imprisoned, they had been beaten, and you know why they are singing and praising God at midnight after they've been beaten unjustly, arrested unjustly, thrown into jail. They don't know what's going to happen the next day. Do you know why they can still sing and praise God? Because they were content. With just serving God. Because they ended up in prison. It didn't matter to them that they weren't enjoying it. Ah, oh, this is great. This is this is this is wonderful. No, because their goal was just to serve God. They were content with that. I get to sing unto him. I get you think it had anything to do with what Paul was before God saved him? Paul got to preach the name of Jesus after he had cursed it, after he had tried to stamp out those who had followed Christ, Paul knew what he deserved. But I don't think the Apostle Paul ever got over the fact that he could serve the Almighty God. You know what happens to us many times as Christians? We get removed from our day of salvation and we get removed from what God saved us from. So I was saved when I was four. I didn't live such a wicked, You know, well, you... You still, as a sinner, you still deserve the same hell as the most wicked person in this world did. We get removed from that, and we become discontent with serving God. Well, I would serve God, but it would mean that I have to. Well, what, what, The reason why we don't praise Him is we, we, think, we, think there's, there's some, we think there's better than just serving God. Christian, there's not better than just serving God. Well, I decided to serve God, and this happened, and this happened, and this happened. Read the book of Ecclesiastes. That's called life. It's called life. And yes, it is true. Job is a good example. Sometimes God allows things. There are things that take place in this world that are not fair. But you and I have got to get to a place where I'm just content serving God. Well, this isn't the way I thought I would serve him. You get to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Does it really matter how we get to serve him? Well, it's just not what I this is not what I envisioned with, with with things would work out. It's never what some, if somebody says everything is taking place in my life that I dreamed when I was a little child, they are lying through their teeth. Nobody knows. It doesn't happen for everyone. Not It doesn't. Are you just content? Let me tell you, whatsoever state, well, that's, as I pointed out recently, it doesn't mean like Georgia, Florida, you know, but whether you're in prison or not, whether you're bound by circumstances or not, I will be content. If we are content with serving God, we can't help but praise. We look at that and say, well, I don't know that I could, I could praise God. I mean, I think it's a natural thing for us to say that. How would I, be content with serving God where you're at? And if you become bound in a prison by your circumstances, you can still praise God. But how do we know that he was content in Paul's Sophia? Because they left everything to go preach where the gospel has never been preached. They, they, knew, they knew the percentages were pretty high that when we walk into this town and go to the temple, the place that they're worshiping their gods, and tell them that those gods are dead and their whole culture is built around that. Percentages are pretty good. They're not going to give us the key to the city. But they were content with what God had for them to do. Therefore, yeah, you come across somebody. It seems like no matter what happens, they're just they're just well, praise the Lord. This just they're content. And you know, people need to learn, and young adults learn to be with content with just God. Content with having a life that serves God. It's the greatest life you can live. Mom and dad, if things haven't worked out the way you thought, you couldn't provide for your children, things for your children that you thought you'd be able to, or want to provide for them, or, 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 or they face things that you never thought that they would face, be content with serving God. Well, all I did my whole life was take them to church. That's pretty good. Be content with serving God. Then you can still praise Him. If you, if you have a contentment problem, you're going to have a praise problem. If you have a praise problem because of your circumstances, you probably have a contentment problem. What if God took all the? What if? What if God didn't? He blesses us. What if He didn't? We should still be content with, with with serving Him, with praising Him. I mean, I could I could emphasize that for the rest of the evening, but we'll move on to number two. I noticed something else in verse number twenty-five. Not only do we, when I when I when I see the fact that they, what they've been through, they've been beaten unjustly. Imprisoned unjustly. That's what the scripture tells us happened. There perhaps other mistreatment that they withstood. And then they're singing and praising God. That says to me, they're perfectly happy in that prison. They're content. Because they're content with serving God. Therefore, for the praise. But I also notice in verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Prayer accompanies praise. We don't have praise lives because we don't have prayer lives. Prayer accompanies praise. I don't feel like praising. You know what will help that? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer will help that. Prayer puts things in perspective because it is the unworthy going to the holy. It is the the unworthy going to the almighty, the unholy going to the holy. It, It puts us in the right frame of mind. And the reason why many times we don't pray as we should is because we're resting on our ability, which is not enough, we know that. But prayer accompanies praise. I wonder if, the, as they prayed, if that prayer helped help them stay content, helped their heart stay the way it should be. I don't know about you, but if somebody took you and beat you unjustly, threw you in prison unjustly, would you lose your temper? Would you get upset about that? Not me, Pastor. I live under the grace of God. No. These were just superhuman Christians. No, they were flesh and blood like you and I. But what they did have was they did have a walk with the Lord. They prayed. I I don't know, but maybe they had to pray and say, Lord, help me not to get angry and bitter at these who are just an instrument in the hand of Satan. Maybe they, something tells me that, They were praying for God to deliver them. I don't think there was anything wrong with that. But prayer, prayer and praise go together. In your prayer time, you ought to have praise time. But a heart that that, that consistently goes to God, don't miss this, a heart that consistently goes to God is a heart that is going to be more likely to praise. And quite frankly, it is going to be a praising heart. Because when we are constantly in the presence of God, we are reminded we've got a lot to praise Him for. We've got a lot to acknowledge in our praise. Uh, say, Pastor, what this praise and this that is? I know we don't, we don't, we don't have what they call the, a praise and worship service because it's not real, really that. We don't, so when do I praise? How about your prayer time? That's a good time to praise God. It's a very appropriate time to praise God. When we sing together, I was listening to those songs tonight and this this very good Wednesday night crowd and good singing for a Wednesday night crowd. And I was listening to those those hymns sing tonight. That pleases God. Because we are singing praises together unto Him. It's about Him. That's a good time to praise Him. But you know what, I, I'm going to give away, and this isn't anything new if you've been here a length of time, as the pastor stands up here and scans the crowd while they singing. When I see people not singing, it says something to me. It can say they have a burdened heart. It can say on Wednesday night you're tired. But it can also say that your heart's not in tune with God. If we're not gonna praise God, that's just one simple example. That's why we ought to be very aware. And if I look at this and say, what what would happen if I was, this happened to me, but in our circumstances, what if your circumstance changed tomorrow? Would you still be content? Would you find it appropriate and easy to pray? And I find so many times in the Bible, but specifically here in these circumstances, prayer accompanies <laughs> praise. Number three, notice, let's begin reading with verse 27 down to verse 31, which verse 31 is a very well-known verse and appropriately so. But let's start with verse 27. Well, let's go back and let's just start with 26. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loose. Now, this isn't part of my study tonight because I'm focusing on a specific thought. But look what prayer and praise did. Prayer and praise opened the prison doors. Now, complaining doesn't do that. Getting angry at your circumstances doesn't do that. Again, God doesn't tell us we have to like being in the prison of our circumstances. God never tells us that. But God does tell us we're responsible for how we react when we are in those situations. And in this case, it is prayer and it is praise, and it got God's attention. Well, he, he my, my prison doors haven't have swung open. It gets His attention. That's the important thing. He may choose to do something besides this, but the thought... That you and I are nothing but dust, and we can pray to Him and praise Him, and it gets the attention of the Almighty God. Now, tell me again why God's people don't pray and praise? I'm just—we got to—we got to get our government's attention. No, we ought to get God's attention. We got to—we got to rally together so that we can get get, get our state's attention. You, fine, I, fine, whatever. Don't you think it'd be a little more effective if we just focused on getting God's attention? I mean, I, I mean, I hate to bring the Bible into the political scene today, but maybe if we got God's attention, he could do things that you and I can't do. We continue reading. That's pretty good for not even being part of my outline. Verse 27, And the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword, and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Now, if you're not familiar with the custom of that day, why would he kill himself? Because the doors are open, because if he lost a prisoner, he was going to lose his life. That was just a punishment for the prison keeper of that day. So he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm. For we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Number three, praise benefits more than the one praising. I wonder as Paul and Silas were singing and praising and praying, I wonder if those wounds felt a little bit better. Your perspective does affect those things. wonder, wonder if that God was giving them the grace. But if they're singing and praising, they weren't the only ones being heard. I mean, they were being heard. God heard them when the doors opened. Who benefited? Certainly Paul and Silas benefited. Certainly they did. But who else benefited? Somebody besides the one praising We ought to praise God because God's worthy of our praise. Don't you agree? You ought to praise God because of what it does for your own heart. If you're a grumpy, bitter, old Christian who have a wrong view on life, praise God, not praise God for that, but start praising God, and it'll change your perspective. But it doesn't just stop there. Because this world sees too many Christians like I just described. But here's a jailkeeper who sees these preachers thrown into prison after they've been beaten and sees the way they're treated and their response is unlike any other prisoner he's ever seen. What is wrong with these guys? I'm sure he got word there's two prisoners coming, and you better make sure they do not leave. You put them under high guard. Who who are they? They're Baptist preachers. You better lock them up tight. They're followers of Jesus. I've heard of Jesus. So he puts them in there, and he knew who they were. He knew what they were, and what was their response? We're going to sing and praise God. He's never had a prisoner like that before. I wonder what this world would do if somebody who finds himself in the circumstances, the prison of a bad health report, still kept a praising heart. I wonder if they scratch their head and say, that's not how people act. I wonder if that employment situation, which that's a tough one, I know, or whatever circumstances you may find yourself, I wonder if we keep a praising heart to God. I wonder if there's somebody else who'll say, that's not the typical response. I've never encountered anyone who, when life is not treating them fairly, they just continue to pray unto their God, praise God, (laughs) and, and give Him honor and glory. And I watch what God does in their life It affects more than just the person praising. Here's a man that said, what must I? We know what he said. He said, I want what you got. I want what you got. Ask, Ask yourself this question. When people see your life, when we deal with circumstances we don't like. Do we live in a way where people will say, I want what they got? I want what they got. Or are we guilty from time to time? of giving a testimony to this world, they would say, Why would I want what they have? It's we, you know, God, and I touched on this Sunday, but God does not never intended for us to be victims about anything. We're to be victors through Christ. Say, well, they, they, they lost, they were in jail. They didn't lose. They were right where God wanted them. And when you and I serve God, it doesn't matter what goes on in this world. It doesn't matter what goes on in the circumstances of our life. If we're content with just serving God, we've got something to praise about. We've got something to pray to, pray, to, pray to him about. Yes, yeah, circumstances are going to be like, we didn't think it was. That doesn't mean we have to like it, because you don't have to like it, but you, you, we have to submit to it. You have to say, be content with it, and then say, God, if you give me out of this, i sure appreciate it, but I'm going to praise you anyway. They didn't start praising after the doors came open, after the earthquake took place. They praised him, not, real, not even knowing if it was going to happen, but yet there's somebody else who was watching. Somebody else who saw. Praise benefits more than the one praising. Statement I I heard when I was much younger. Specifically, I heard it several times. I may have heard it before. I know I've heard it after. But one time in Bible college, I don't even remember who said it. But it captured me then. I've never forgotten it. Prayer changes the one praying more than it does the people that you pray for. True statement. Praise will change you as well. I just wish I had a different... Praise God. I can't praise Him. You're not content. There's a progression there. But the point, number three, praise benefits more than the one praising. I wish we could make a difference in this world. We can. I know we got to register more Republicans. That's not what Paul and Silas were doing. I, I know that's not a popular take today, but... It's, it's scriptural. Anyway, we got to praise Him. Praise Him. That's what makes a difference in the life of other people. And, and again, I'm not against standing for the right things. I, I, I understand, you, you know all of that. My point is we can't get away from what gets God's attention. We can't get away from what makes a difference in this world. And when people see that no matter what the circumstances, that's why we don't, like, we don't like difficulties, we don't like trials, we don't like tribulations, we don't like heartaches. But as much as you can, as you enter into that valley and you find yourself there and you're trying to come out of it, which is part of the seasons of life, try and register in your mind, God has allowed me, brought me this way. Here's an opportunity. For me to show the people around me that God is still good, I still love Him, I'm content serving Him, and I'm still going to praise Him. And it's an opportunity to show somebody else, I want what they got. And so it benefited more than just the one praising. Number four. We read in verse 31, and they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy houses." still the way. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord unto all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straightway. Verse 34. And when he brought them into his house he set meat before them and rejoiced believing in God with all his house. Praise in prison. Leads to more praise outside of prison. We gotta praise God in the prison. We gotta praise God out of the prison too. This is something that you can test to see if you think it's true or not. You can think real hard, try to find an example in your own life, example in somebody else, example in the Bible. But I would dare say if you can't praise God in the prison, you're probably not going to praise him out of the prison. But if you can praise him in the prison, it's easy when you're out of the prison. But notice who the one is doing the praising. It's the one, and when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them, and rejoice. Why? He ain't dead because they didn't run off. He's been saved. And notice, believing in God with all his house. Praise in prison leads to more praise outside of prison. You know, everybody in here, everybody in here, I would dare say, if, 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 if you're the exception to this, you just hadn't lived long enough, you'll be able to say this one day. We've all faced something. We've said to ourselves, I ain't getting through this one. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to survive this. I don't know how I'm coming out the other side of this. But if you praise God anyway, when He does bring you out, you'll continue to praise Him. And all of us can look back and say, boy, I'm so thankful. Now, the truth of the matter is, we're not perfect in this. We know this. We've got to strive to be we got to praise Him. It will lead to more praise outside of prison. I'm convinced of this, and I know I mention it to you all the time. I've mentioned it several times tonight. This world is is turned off, can be turned off, is turned off by Christians who live their Christianity by circumstances. I'm convinced of that Christians who don't want to live holy, clean lives They are a stumbling block to this world. But likewise, before we get in our pharisaical high horse, because we check all of these boxes, if we can't praise God, no matter the circumstances, as a child of God, we are a stumbling block to a lost world. Because if we can praise, it's easy to say, oh, look what God has done, and we ought to praise Him. I'm not saying when God answers prayer, when God just pours out, you know what I'm talking about, that blessing you weren't even expecting. You ought to stop and praise Him. But you shouldn't praise Him any less if the circumstances have imprisoned you. And, And I can't do what I dreamed of doing. I can't even do what I prayed and asked God to let me do. Paul, 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 and Silas and these others who traveled with him and ministered with him, they went into the city to win the city. When they left, there was a church gonna be left behind. In their mind, how are we gonna do that from jail? But in God's providence, God still cares for the jailkeeper. And God could have had those men, I know we don't like to think about this, had those men endure the beatings because he sent his son, not just to die for Paul, not just to die for Silas, but to die for the jailkeeper and Mrs. Jailkeeper and all the kids that lived in the jailkeeper house. Jesus died for them too. And... What's the, can you think of a better way than getting the Baptist preacher to a home of a jailkeeper so that their whole family could be safe than giving them, putting them in jail? Probably not what they would have designed, but if what they had gone in there and acted like the average Baptist today, and God has been unfair to me, the pastor was unfair to me, my Christian mom and dad, they oppressed me because I wouldn't, they wouldn't let me go out on a party on Friday night. If we had acted that way, if they'd acted like we act half the time, that prisoner probably wouldn't have got saved. So how can you say that? I don't think the jail door would have ever opened. There was rejoicing outside of the prison because there was was praise in the prison. Praise in the prison. Very simple application tonight. we must learn to be content with just serving God. Just serving God. And in that we praise. It's the will of God for us to praise Him. You think of so many examples in Scripture when an individual took their eyes off of God took their focus off of God You took their focus off of God's word what God had said it doesn't end up well but certainly praise is not what it should be and the same is true in our life your pastor will never tell you that you should like the prison but you should be content there I'll never tell you When you're facing a hardship, a heartache, oh, you ought to just suck it up. You ought to enjoy. No, you're not going to enjoy those things. And that's my way, that's not a sign of a weak Christian because your knees buckle when life hits you with something that you'd never thought you would face. But it's an example of the grace of God that you get back up. I'll never tell you it's going to be fun. But I will tell you, God's a good enough God that no matter what, he, he, what situation He puts us in and what He allows us to go through, may our goal, our goal doesn't need to be, I mean, I'm not looking for that, but my goal is not to avoid the hardships, avoid persecution, avoid the circumstances. My goal is to be content in the will of God no matter where it is. Takes me, and if I'm just going to be content with the will of God wherever it takes me, or maybe it takes me places I never thought I would be, and so many times we look at, I can't. Why would God? Allow, I don't know. I I don't know why God would take this ministry away, or God would not let me see this dream fulfilled, or God would not let me. Maybe there's a jail keeper. That he loves as much as he loves you. And the best way, the way he's going to get a hold of his heart is for you to be bound in your circumstances and praise God anyway. And there will be something that says, I got to have what you have. Pastor, does that mean next time I go see the doctor, the doctor's going to fall down on his knees in front of me and say, what must I do to be saved? If it does, that's going to be a pretty amazing illustration. Likely that's not going to happen. But there might be a seed planted. They never forget. They might have already had a seed planted. Lord, use that in their life. This world's not getting better. Our nation is not heading in the right direction. This world is looking. There are some who, who've rejected Christ. There's always going to be those. But how are the Christians going to stand? How, did Paul, how were Paul and Silas going to stand out? From the other prisoners, how? There's only one way. I'm just going to praise God for where He's got me. I mean, there was. I mean, when you're you're a prisoner, you're a prisoner. You're, how are you different? Well, I'm going to praise God for where He's got me. I just be content in serving God. Well, all of us. One thing about all of us, we've all been through some things, haven't we? I can stand here tonight and tell you, uh, I mean, young people, listen to what I'm saying. Serving God is the greatest life you can ever live. Serving God is the best life you can ever live. Those that listen to the lies of the devil and that enticement of this is better out there, oh, no, he's been lying since Genesis chapter number 3. He's still lying today. That's what. If it's so much better over there, why do they keep bothering where they left? Great living, serving God is the greatest life that you can live. Well, I thought serving God was an easy life. No, God never said that. Number one, life's not easy. Let me tell you something. Serving God. Let's be content with just serving him. In doing so, praise will come from our lips, will come from our heart. Prayer, which accompanies it. You want to be more of a praising Christian? You've got to be consistent in your prayer life. You've got to be. They go, The two go hand in hand, hand in hand. Oh, let's set the example for this world. Set an example for this world. And I believe God will use it. I know God will use it. That's why this series, it's been a a fun series, starting off with the, 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 the afternoon service and all the different things that we've done. And it's been exciting to see new people come and get saved. And it's just been exciting for us to have that focus. But it's a good reminder that we must keep our heart. Because out of our heart, Come the issues of life, and this world sees what comes out of our heart. This world sees what the issues of life, how it reflects on us. Let's guard our heart in this area of praise. Let's let's work hard at being a praising Christian. It's wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to say, God, man, you you just bestowed so... I wasn't expecting this, and you're... You know, but sometimes our circumstances... That door slams. The chains, you're bound in chains. What are you going to do? Well, I guess, I guess, I forsake it. I guess it just wasn't meant, I guess serving God just really wasn't. No, no. God just wants you to serve Him where you're at. What's to serve Him where you're at? Let's be content. Praise Him. You praise Him in there, you'll praise Him out there. It'll lead to more praise out there. When Paul and Silas moved on, that jailkeeper and his family, something just tells me that that wasn't the last time they praised God. Now, isn't it wonderful in the hand of God when things were bad? God said, this is my plan. I know the way those pagans are going to act. They're going to reject, and what they're going to do is they're going to do this. I'm going to start a church from the prison cell. And the the prison keeper, he's your convert. But if they had turned into bitter, I know a lot, not just bitter, backslidden Christians, I know a lot of bitter, backslidden Baptist preachers. It just hasn't been the way I thought it would be. Praise God anyway. Somebody's listening. And if nobody's listening, God's worthy of it. Let's get his attention. He might swing that door open or he'll give you the grace to endure the circumstances you're in. Father, help us.